Welcome to the Friends with Money podcast, brought to you by Money Magazine, creating financial freedom for Australians since 1999. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Friends with Money, Money Magazine's podcast to help you earn, save and achieve your financial goals. My name is Tom Watson, a senior journalist here at Money Magazine, and as always, it's great to be with you. Before we get into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to Friends With Money if you haven't already. That way you'll get the show right in your feed every week and you won't miss an episode. On to today's show, though. Many listeners will be aware of the fact that, traditionally at least, uh, spring is one of the busiest times of the year in the Australian property market. People are back from their winter holidays and far more comfortable uh, getting out and about in the, well, slightly warmer weather. Plus, Plenty of homes just look nicer in spring. At least uh, that's the uh, the theory. Whatever the reasons, there's typically a lot of selling and buying going on in spring. So to get a bit of a pulse check on how the property market is faring at the moment and to preview the spring season ahead for buyers and sellers, I'm pleased to say that we are joined today by Chief of Research and Economics at Domain, Nicola Powell. Nicola, thanks so much for joining us on Friends of Money. Hi, Tom. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You're so welcome. It's great to have you uh, on board. Uh, but before we get into spring, Nicola, I think it would be uh, nice to, to set the scene a bit, though. So can you give mm-hmm. us a bit of a walkthrough in terms of what's happened so far during 2023 in the uh, in the way of the property market and, you know, of course, the, the, the factors that have been influencing uh, everything? So 2023 has really been a change of pace, I think, for our housing markets. We've got now house prices have bottomed out in all of our capital cities, uh, and they are rising. And that recovery in house prices is really being led by Sydney. Sydney is much further along its road uh, to recovery. But if we look just across our combined capitals, we've seen house prices, they reached a trough in December of last year, and they've recovered about $35,000 of the $60,000 that was lost during the downturn. So, you know, that's roughly just over halfway uh, through a recovery overall for our combined capitals. Obviously, it is different depending upon the location, not only just by capital city, but also when you then drill down into the different areas. And it really just showcases it's important to know the market in which you're looking to purchase. But we've got some real kind of star performers across um, our capital cities. You know, we've got most capital cities now rising over the most recent quarter. They've moved into the recovery phase. I think the caveat I would say there is Canberra is the one that is now um, sitting at a price trough. But we've got two capital cities that are all-time high. Adelaide and Perth are the only capital cities at the moment to have a record high house price. And what that says is these two markets appear to have avoided any material downturn in property price. When we think about the downturn that unraveled over last year, and we saw some significant percentages of price being shaved from the median house price in some of our biggest capital cities and most expensive capital cities, I should say. But the fact you've got Adelaide and Perth that really have avoided uh, any downturn really just showcases the strength of those two markets. And I think there's a couple of reasons I'd like to point out for these cities is not only the dem- demographic trends that are still supporting demand, but also they are much more affordable uh, mm. than other capital cities such as Sydney. 
Uh, it's a, yeah, an excellent point. I've I've been having a look at Adelaide for a, for a while now, mm-hmm. just out of interest, and it, it's it's amazed me how how strong it's continued to be all throughout the the uh, the period. Um, and Nicholas, something else I wanted to touch on is the um, the issue of you know supply. What what have we seen in the way of you know properties that are actually available on the market, and, and whether there is a you know a demand from buyers at or mm-hmm. there has been a demand for buyers throughout the year. Look, and this has been actually one of the things that's really underpinned the recovery of our housing markets, and that's been a lack of supply. Now, it's quite unusual when you think that we've seen the uh, int- the cash rate go through such significant increases, and at the same time, we've seen our markets move into a recovery and start to grow in terms of property price. And that really has been due to this mismatch between supply and demand. Now, it's logical when you go into a downturn. It's kind of the behavioural side of property. When you go into a downturn, what you tend to find is sellers kind of sit on the sidelines. They wait. They want to see how long is this downturn going to last? How much uh, are we going to be seen shaved off of uh, property prices? And so, but I think what we did see is probably a more significant pullback from sellers. And that occurred from spring of last year. So that trend has really been going for a number of months. But what we've started to see most recently is a slight change in trend. We've seen, particularly coming out of Sydney and Melbourne, we've seen um, an increase month on month of of, um, overall new supply coming onto the market. And it's the first time in over a year where we've started to see new supply higher compared to to this time last year. So we're starting to see that trend change. And I kind of, I've been verbalizing this as or describing this as, you know, is this spring actually coming early? You know, are sellers now coming to market being spurred on by the fact that we've seen a pricing recovery and actually wanting to get their homes sold while clearance rates have been high. We've consistently seen clearance rates um, in some of our cities hitting 70%. So the performance in the auction market has been very strong. And I think what that has done, it's been that driver to really bring some sellers, some homeowners uh, to market because of those strong conditions. And perhaps they're trying, they, they, they want to kind of get to market before that spring selling frenzy and they've got perhaps uh, more competition because we know in spring we see a boost in supply and I think perhaps some sellers are thinking strategically Mm. about when they bring their home to market. Well, that's a a perfect bridge then, Nicola, to uh, to kind of shift our focus on to spring then. So with kind of sellers in mind still, what does that mean for them in 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 terms of the outlook? Uh, if 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 more properties are coming on, if more sellers are uh, are going to be coming on, does that kind of shift the dynamic a little bit? So uh, I think I mean spring is always that busy time. So not only do you see an increase in sellers, you also see uh, an increase in buyers because. Most sellers are buyers and buyers are sellers uh, in in the property market. But I mean, you know, spring is that great time of year. It's when our gardens look best. And I think there is something, um, you know, probably behavioural in it too, where you're kind of coming out of that cooler winter months and you've got spring and the thought of summer. I think it brings people to make decisions. And obviously, you know, people want to buy and sell their property before uh, that long summer holiday also. So, you know, we do see activity ramp up both from the seller side and both from the buyer side. I think 
if we think about buyers, I think when it comes to spring, they're going to find that there's more more uh, choice on the market. Mm. But what they also find is there's more buyers to compete against also. And I think it's going to be one of those balance, uh, balancing acts between buyers and sellers, which is going to be interesting to see how it plays out in spring. Because really what we've seen is, you know, that balance of the market, that mismatch between supply and demand, the fact that we've had a lack of supply, a, high, a higher level of demand compared to supply, really helping to boost uh, property prices because what it creates is greater competition. It's why we're seeing auctions uh, perform so well. Um, you know, even in the backdrop of the overall uh, economy, we have seen, you know, all of these conditions improve in our housing market. So when the question when it comes to spring, and I'm really interested to see actually how it unravels is, you know, if we see that boost in supply, where it's actually not met by a higher level or, or an equal level of buyers, we're going to see that mismatch perhaps sway the other way. And I think mm. it is one of those risks. You know, we keep talking about uh, the fixed rate cliff, which is uh, unraveling at the moment and people, you know, um, selling their homes because they're financially unable to meet their mortgage repayments. At the moment, distress listings do remain low, but there are, um, well, proportionately low, but there are overall kind of Things to watch, I think, for our housing markets. But I think at the moment, what we've seen in 2023 is a real stark difference to what we saw over 2022. Uh, absolutely. And I will do a, a bit of a cheap plug for a, a previous episode that we did on Friends of Money a couple of weeks ago, looking at the fixed mortgage cliff. So if you want to learn a little yeah. bit more about that, then uh, please uh, go and have a look in our back catalog a few weeks ago and uh, you'll be able to find it. Um, Nicola, I guess looking forward again, still one of the uh, one of the questions I'm sure a lot of our listeners have, I know that I'm always interested in this, is what we might see in the, uh, in the way of uh, direction in terms of prices. Um, now, I know that you don't have a crystal ball. This is a really hard question to answer, but uh, I know that Domain did uh, release its 2023-24 uh, financial year forecast a couple of months ago, which I, I know got into this territory. So where do you see prices going in the near future and, and, and what, you know, beyond what you've already been saying, are some mm. of the things that might influence that? Look, I love these questions because I think, you know, when we're buying and selling property, it's, uh, you know, our biggest, often most people's biggest financial decision. And so what you want to feel is that you've got all of the information that you can have in order to make a better decision driven by data because, you know, all of our reports are based upon uh, lots of data and parceled up in a way that really helps people understand, you know, the bigger picture. And you're right, we did relaunched our forecast report. Um, and what that does is it we predicted what we expect house and unit prices across our major capital cities into the regionals as well, what we expect them to do over this financial year. And the way I would describe it in probably a nutshell is that we are expecting Australia to be a housing market to be in a well-established steady recovery over this financial year. I think what we saw particularly over the June quarter was a strong uh, leap in price, particularly coming out of Sydney. You know, we saw Sydney house prices jump by just over 5% in th the three months to June, which is an extraordinary rate of growth. And that rate of growth in a single quarter is not sustainable longer term. And I think that what we were talking about earlier is that lack of supply has been really one of those foundations that's really boosted property price. Mm. 
I think what we'll start to see is the balance will will start to even out between supply and demand, uh, particularly as we edge into spring. And I think you know there could be some bumps along the way in terms of the pricing recovery, and that's not unusual to see. But I think what we're likely to see is is a much more steady pace of growth. In terms of the recovery, when you look at, well, what a price is going to be doing over that 12-month period of, the, of that financial year, we are expecting Sydney house prices to lead the recovery, and that's exactly what they have been doing over uh, to date this year. So we're expecting house prices could be at a new record high in Sydney. So they could grow between 6 and 9% um, over uh, this financial year. And look, that does uh, mean that the median house price uh, in Sydney could hit 1.6 million, which is just a phenomenal median price uh, for you know a citywide house price. Wow, 1.6 million. Well, uh, we'll definitely have to keep an eye out for that, uh, Nicola, and, and see whether that does eventuate. Uh, but time has sped by today, um, so we will have to say goodbye. But thank you so much for joining us, Nicola. It has been a uh, a real pleasure chatting. Thanks, Tom. It's been a pleasure. Before we go, don't forget that you can get in contact with us with any queries or episode ideas using our dedicated email, which is a podcast at moneymag.com.au. And you can also keep up to date with all the latest financial news on our website by heading over to moneymag.com.au. That's it for this episode of the Friends of Money podcast, though, but we'll be right back in your feeds next week. I'm Tom Watson. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Friends with Money podcast. For credible, independent and easy to understand financial commentary, visit moneymag.com.au. Please remember that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and further independent advice and research based on your personal circumstances should be sought before making an investment decision.